Welcome to Bill Bronchick's Real Estate Investing Podcast. Mr. Bronchick is an attorney, best-selling author, and a real estate investor with 25 years' experience. For more information and free articles and videos, visit his website at www.legalwiz.com. So today we're going to talk about how to comp a house, which is such an important skill that I think that every a beginner investor needs to know and b every intermediate or advanced investor needs to be reminded of when trying to figure out the value of a house um, it is a, a science and an art so sometimes it's um it's a matter of opinion which that's what really what an appraisal is it's a matter of opinion and what are we'll start with what are comparable sales or comps um, the the definition is is properties that are similar similar in um, very different uh, wide ranging categories to a property that you're trying to figure out the value. And before we get into determining the value, let's start with why are you doing comps? What is the purpose of doing the comps? Is it to buy a property, to fix it up and resell it, and we want to know what the after-repaired value is or the as-is value? Are we trying to get financing from a lender so we need a certain appraisal number? Uh, what is the purpose of the valuation? Are we are we comping it for as a rental, which would be you know frankly less important you know except for the the appraisal if you're getting a loan uh, than the cash flow analysis. And as you may or may not know, there are three accepted valuations of real estate, whether residential or commercial, and that are comps, the income approach or the replacement value. The replacement value is mostly a valuation for insurance. The income approach is how multi-unit properties that are five units and up, or commercial properties are evaluated. One to four family are evaluated based on comparable sales. So let's start with what are, quote, comparable sales. Well, there's a number of different factors. Number one, uh, style. What is the style of this home compared to other homes that have sold in the area? So what you have to look at is the different um, styles in your area, in your jurisdiction. What are the highest value in the pecking order down to what are the lowest value? And it's different in different parts of the country. So in most parts of the country, a colonial, which is a two-story, sometimes with a basement, sometimes without, where you walk in on the main floor and you've got your living room, dining room, and kitchen, and then upstairs you have all your bedrooms. That's called a colonial style. And that's typically the highest value. However, there may be exceptions to that. So, if, for example, if you're living in a very warm climate like Arizona, uh, a ranch with a walkout basement may be more valuable. And, and in those types of uh, areas, a lot of times they put the main living area downstairs because it's cooler. In area like such as Florida, Florida is very warm, so they don't have basements in most areas in Florida because of the water table. But they typically don't have a lot of two-story homes being very popular because it's very warm. So sprawling ranches tend to be more popular. I'll give an example in, in my area of Colorado. We have what is called a ranch. We have a colonial. We have what's called a bi-level, 
which is you walk in on the door, there's a landing, and then it splits up and down. Downstairs are usually the bedrooms, and upstairs is the main living area. That is typically the lowest value style on the pecking order. Then we have what's called a tri-level, which is a half of it is a ranch, and then it splits left or right up and down into bedrooms, usually downstairs or upstairs, and then some living area downstairs. That tends to be the next level in the pecking order. And then we have the ranch, and then we have the colonial. Colonial is usually the highest value where I live. Now, um, it depends, of course, on people's preferences. Some people have preferences, uh, may prefer a ranch over a colonial or vice versa. So you have to take that into consideration. So make sure when you're comparing houses, you're comparing style to style. You wouldn't want in Colorado, for example, to compare a colonial two-story with a bi-level with the bedrooms in the basement. That's not comparable in really any way, shape, or form. A ranch to a colonial? Probably. But ideally, you want to go colonial to colonial. It, but you may not have that information available. Second, we have to look at, and this is probably the most important thing, is numbers of bedrooms and baths number of bedrooms and baths. So typically a four bedroom house would have more value than say a two or three bedroom house. That's you know obvious to, to most people, but the biggest jump in value is not between a two and a four, but between a two and a three. So a two bedroom house is worth X. If there was a three bedroom house, it'd be worth substantially more than if you went from a three to a four or a four to a five. Um, and that's just the, the, the way it, it works in practice. If you can figure out as an opportunity, by the way, a big two-bedroom house to convert it into three bedrooms, you would really create some good value there. Bathrooms, you know, you have a standard bath with, with, a, with a tub and a shower or a separate tub and shower, you, you, a lot of times in a master bathroom. And then you have um, half bathrooms or Sometimes they're called powder rooms, which don't have showers, just have a toilet and a sink. Um, you know, those aren't exactly the same thing. So sometimes they'll call that a half a bath or uh, a powder room. So if you're comparing, you want to compare bedrooms to bedrooms, and then you can adjust for bathrooms. So, for example, you can compare a 2-1 to a 2-2 very easily. But a 2-1 and a 3-1 are really hard to compare because of the jump in value of that, of that third bedroom. So a 2-1 and a 2-2 are very comparable. A 3-1 and a 3-2 are comparable. And in many cases, a 3-1 and a 4-1 are comparable because the jump between three and four bedrooms is not as drastic as the jump between two and three bedrooms. So you want to compare bedrooms to bedrooms and then adjust up or down for the number of bathrooms and how big the bathrooms are, how complete they are. The next thing we want to look at is the relevant time period. How long ago was this comparable sold? Now, typically, it's six months for an appraisal. They'll consider six months. But the reality is, it's more comparable sometimes to compare something that sold a year ago if it's closer in in distance and closer 
in terms of style and, and uh, substance, number of bedrooms and bathrooms to the subject property. So as an example, if we were looking at a two bedroom, one bath condo, you know, 900 square feet, and one across the hall, the exact same model, just backwards, sold a year ago for X, technically an appraiser couldn't use that because it's older than six months. He'd have to go to a different condo building to find something newer that has sold within the last six months. But the reality is there's nothing more comparable than the same building, same floor, same model. So you could, you know, if you're doing comps, adjust for the one-year uh, average appreciation to come up with a good comp for something across the hall versus something down the street. Although appraisers won't usually do that. When I'm talking in this discussion about comps, I'm, talk I'm not talking about what an appraiser does necessarily. Because appraiser, these are the appraiser rules, by the way. And I'll mention when the appraiser, uh, what the appraiser follows and when they don't follow it. Um, and for the purposes of us, of what we're doing, um, what rules we're going to follow. So, so far, uh, other than the six-month time period adjustment, uh, everything I've said so far is exactly what an appraiser would do. Square footage variations. Now, this is where people get really screwed up. Um, a lot of people are tempted, because realtors do this, is to say, well, this neighborhood is $200 a foot, so $200 a foot times 1,000 feet would be thus $200,000. And that's not accurate. That's not accurate. Um, what you want to do is when you're comparing houses is just to compare um, close houses and distance, and we'll talk about how far uh, in a minute, style, and most importantly, the number of bedrooms and baths. Now, you can adjust for square footage up or down as long as the comp that you're comparing to the subject property is within about 25% of the size of the subject property. So if the subject property is a thousand square feet and you look at a, you know, and it's three bedroom, one bath, and there's a house next door that sold for, um, that is, um, that sold for a hundred thousand, let's say, and it's three bedroom, one bath, and it's 800 square feet, and your subject property is three bedroom, one bath, a thousand square feet. Does that mean that your house, your subject property is worth 20% more, you know, 1,000 square foot versus 800. And the answer is in most cases, no, it wouldn't be. Um, if it's three bedroom, one bath, and the other one's three bedroom, one bath, they're the same basic house. Now, the question is, where is this extra 200 square feet? If it's a, one has a laundry room and one doesn't, is that worth $20,000? Absolutely not. It might be worth 2000 or $3,000 difference. If the very if the variation in square footage is just that the bathrooms or the bedrooms or the kitchen or the living room is a little bigger in one versus the other there's probably no difference in value at all um, it really depends more on bedrooms and baths than differential in square footage now if the subject property is a thousand square feet and a property sold with the same number of bedrooms and bathrooms on the same block that was two thousand square feet then they're not really comparable because there's such a differential in square footage, it's more than 25%, that you couldn't really use that 2,000 square foot 3-1 to comp your 1,000 square foot 3-1. I hope that makes sense. We're going to adjust for features back and forth, up or down. So, you know, 
if one house has granite countertops or new appliances, uh, if one has a pool and, or doesn't have a pool, you know, we can adjust up or down for those. But the most important thing is bedrooms and baths and, of course, location to the subject property. And that's our last uh, part of the comp discussion is adjustments for location. So if your subject property is has a view and the other ones don't, you get a, a bonus on your subject property with the comps. Sometimes it's not even comparable at all. So if we're talking about a house on the ocean versus a house two blocks from the ocean, that's a substantial difference in value, a substantial difference on the golf course versus not on the golf course. Dead view of the mountains versus, you know, backing up to trees. Um, sometimes they're just not even comparable because the difference in valuation for the location is so dramatically uh, different in the valuation that you can't even use a comp. So for example, I used was uh, a house on the ocean. You're going to have to find other houses in the area uh, and you can go up to a mile uh, for appraisal purposes, but most appraisers want to stick in the same subdivision, same area, you know, within as the crow flies less than a mile to get a comp. Uh, and, and again, if you're looking at a house on the ocean, would you look at as a comp a house behind it on a block away from the ocean that just sold that's just like it or would you use one a half a mile away that's on the ocean probably the latter because the ocean location is probably substantially higher in lot value because of the location than the the the, the closeness and or similarity to the one that's behind the house that's not on the ocean Okay, so uh, location, location, you've heard that expression, very, very important in determining comps. And again, it's, it's a matter of what we're looking at comps for. So for example, let's say we're looking at what is the after repaired value or ARV of this property that I'm going to fix and flip. Well, let's say now is March, and if you look back six months in comps, you're going to go back to... Uh, last fall and last fall in most jurisdictions there's a differential in seasonal pricing so prices are normally higher in the spring and summer and lower in the fall and winter in most areas in most areas so if I'm looking at comps from last fall is that going to be the same value as if I fix it up and put it on the market this July or June? Of course not. There's going to be a seasonal fluctuation, and we have to take that into account when we're determining comps. If I'm buying it as a rental uh, and I want to get an appraisal, it's irrelevant what, what it's worth in three months. It's what it's worth now to the bank. Okay, so. Uh, especially in a hot market, you have another thing is just the appreciation, which could be in some areas that are really cooking, you know, half to 1% a month in, uh, um, increase in value. We're going to look at ARV not as of now or as of six months ago, but as of this July when we're going to put it back on the market as a fix and flip. So, for example, from last uh, September 
to this July, there could be a 5 to 6% difference just in the market appreciation, plus another 2% because of the seasonal fluctuation. That could be as much as 8% difference than the property that sold last fall. Does that make sense? So we, when we look at it, we can't look at it as X percent of existing value. We want to look at it as X percent of what it's going to be worth when we're done in that season, in that time period. And in some cases could be less. If you're in a falling market, obviously you got to adjust the other way. But in a rising market, we have to adjust upwards for both appreciation for time period as well as seasonal fluctuations. Okay, so having said that, if you are going to try to add value, what things add value to a property? Location, location. Number one, you can't change that, but location is what adds value. The prime location is always going to be a good factor for the value of the property and will never change unless what it's next to changes. So if you're on the ocean, unless the ocean washes away your house and there's no longer a lot, you'll always have that location. If it has a view, it always will have that value unless the view is gone. Okay. Um, second, extra bedrooms and baths always improve value especially bedrooms, especially two to three bedrooms. Remodeling adds value, but only to a point. If you overfix a house so that it's out of character to the neighborhood, you won't get your money back. But if you, then that's why it's a good idea if you're going to do a fix and flip, is to go to open houses of properties that have been fixed and see what level of finish that your competitors are using and don't go under or especially over the budget of that remodel if you're going to resell it because if if everybody is is using granite countertops then if you want to get the same price you're going to have to use granite countertops but if everybody is using um uh, either granite tile or a, a synthetic countertop that's a cheaper one and and not using stainless steel but using white or black appliances then you don't have to do those things uh, I mean, you have to do it to the level of they has. You don't have to do stainless steel and, and granite slab. It might get you a little more um, or it might sell it a little quicker, but if the cost may not be worth it. Um, garage or parking, particularly in the city or particularly if it's a condo, that will add value. Garage is a premium, uh, in, especially in lower end neighborhoods where there's crime. Uh, windows and landscaping definitely add value. Uh, new windows, nice landscaping, because not only is it a, a matter of efficiency for windows, but they look nicer in newer windows, and landscaping gives it curb appeal. And then total finished square feet to a, to some extent does add value. Earlier I said, you know, 1,000 square foot versus 800 probably won't change it much, but if you have, an, for example, an unfinished basement and you finish it out, not as bedrooms, but just finished square feet, that'll add some value. Not exactly the same value as the upstairs would, but it'll add you some value. So the rule of thumb I was always told from my appraiser friends was that basements are generally worth 25 cents on the dollar from upstairs value. So if we had a uh, uh, a 1,000 square foot ranch, 3-1, and we had a 1,000 square foot basement that was unfinished, that 1,000 square foot in the basement would be worth 25% of the main floor. So if the main floor was worth 100, the basement would be worth 25 grand. Uh, 
If you finish that basement, maybe you get 35, 40, 45 uh, percent of the main floor. So 35, 45,000, but it may not be worth it. So if it's worth 25,000 unfinished and it costs you 20,000 to finish it, is it really worth it if the finished square foot is less than 45,000? You know, you, you've spent too much money doing something that won't bring you value. Now, if you have a two bedroom upstairs and you finish out two bedrooms in the basement that have egress windows that are that are considered real bedrooms, now you've changed it from a two to a four and really improved the value as opposed to just putting carpet, paint, and uh, drywall downstairs and maybe a bathroom, okay? But, you know, there's always exceptions to the exceptions and uh, exceptions to the rules. What is going to detract from value when you're doing comps? Well, number one, as we said before, location. Location. If the comps you're using are, are not corner lots or don't have a view or have something really bad, like a back up to a highway or back up to a garbage dump or a gas station or something bad, um, that's going to detract from value and, and make it hard to comp the property. Size or style uh, detracts from value, but only to a point, only to a point, as we said, especially size. Functional obsolescence is a big one. Let's say you had a three bedroom, one bath that where you had to walk through one bedroom to get to another, like a like a railroad uh, car. That's going to really detract from value compared to using other comps that are three ones where you don't have to do that. That's called functional obsolescence. And there are other examples I can give, you know, hundreds of examples of functional obsolescence uh, that we can come up with, like, you know, a front door uh, opening into a kitchen, you know, that's functional obsolescence. Um, or um, where you park your car, there's no functional way to get to the front door. You have to go through the side or the back. You know, things like that are going to detract from value. Not being updated. So if you're looking at comping a house A to B and one is updated and one is not, there's going to be a detraction from value. And of course, critical things that need fixing like a roof or a furnace, um, electrical, HVAC, um, those are going to be really going to be detractors from value because people expect those things to be in good quality condition. And finally, what doesn't add value generally, and you probably should stay away from, with exceptions, quality appliances. If you have stainless steel appliances, some generic brand, as opposed to uh, some Viking uh, uh, brand or, you know, that's a high-end brand or, or even a name brand like Whirlpool, uh, generally you don't get your value back. Now, it depends on your competition. If you're in a multi-million dollar neighborhood, people might expect Viking appliances or at least Whirlpool um, or G not, you know, GEs on the lower end. But um, if you got some weird, you know, if you were dealing in a lower end house and you put stainless steel in there and it was some off brand that nobody ever heard of from Korea or China, no one's going to ding you for that compared to a Whirlpool. Okay, speaking of Whirlpool, pools. Um, pools generally don't add value with exceptions. In very hot areas like Florida and Arizona, they're definitely a bonus, those dipping pools or full swimming pools where it's really, really hot. Um, but in, a, in an area like Colorado where it's, it's, you know, it's hot in the summer, you know, definitely, but 
you know, it's not hot year-round, and it's not brutally hot in the summer here. So a pool is not necessarily an added value. In fact, it might be even be a detraction if someone has young children. So I wouldn't put a pool in if one doesn't exist. And if one does exist, don't bother renovating it. You're probably better off filling it in. Um, things like better carpet, better quality carpet, as opposed, you know, in, in low, especially lower end properties, it, it either has new carpet or it doesn't. Putting in higher quality stain master, it, you know, sounds good. And, and really anything that's wildly out of character with the area is not going to give you your money back. So putting quality stuff in. Quality things appeal to the dinosaur brain of the male. Okay, so if you talk to the man, the man in the buying uh, unit and say, look at this roof, it's good for 50 years, it's a special type of uh, synthetic blah, 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 as opposed to just a regular asphalt shingle roof. You know, the, the wife, who's the main decision maker, is going to say, who cares? Either it has a new roof or it doesn't. Um, saying that you've used quality carpet or that you have a, a, a furnace that is, that is a high-end brand versus a generic furnace. That appeals to the dinosaur brain of a man, not the woman. If you want to spend the extra money, spend it where the woman likes, which is in the kitchen and the bathrooms. Okay, because she is falling in love and on emotion, he's buying on logic. And you know how that goes in a couple. Usually the wife gets what they want. <laughs> so uh, with exceptions, of course. But um, I am just generalizing and, and that tends to be true in most cases. So just to sum it up again, if you're doing comps for resale, you want to know what the property will be worth in the month that you plan to resell it and the season you plan to resell it. If you're looking at it from a standpoint of an appraisal, all we need to know is that there are comps within six months, within a mile, that'll justify that appraisal. Okay? Uh, and remember, bedrooms and baths are the most important thing. Square footage is really not that relevant unless there's a dramatic difference in square footage or an opportunity to create extra bedrooms so if you see a a two two that's 2200 square feet your brain should be thinking wow i can make this into a three two or a, or maybe even a four two if i wanted to by chopping off some of the living room or maybe some of the other bedrooms etc information and free articles and videos visit his website at www.legalwiz.com